Engaging presentations on the most urgent problem of our day and what you can do about it. Now, the End Abortion Podcast by Priests for Life. Friends, how are you? Happy New Year's Eve. I wanted to come to you live uh, today to uh, give you some reflections on the closing of one year, the beginning of a new one, and of course on the news we got this morning of the passing of Pope Emeritus Benedict the Sixteenth. Uh, we have to we have to talk and pray a little bit about that. Talk and pray a little bit about the ending of the year. And I also, you'll see me. Sorry for putting my eyes to the side here, but I see your comments. And uh, please. Um, Give me your comments, your questions, your your reflections, and I will respond to them as I am uh, able to do. So welcome. Let's let's spend a little bit of time together. You know, 2022 is certainly proving to be an eventful year right up until the very end of it, isn't it? Uh, And we got this news today of, of course, the passing of uh, a pope who did something that hadn't been done in six centuries. He stepped down from the... uh, uh, ministry of of the of the of the papacy, because he had in mind not his own power and glory. You know, somebody who just has their own power and glory in mind wouldn't do that. But he had in mind the good of the church. He was asking himself, how can the good of the church be best served? Uh, and he said, well, it, it would be best served by someone who has more uh, physical and and uh, a mental strength at this point in his life than I do. So that is what Pope Benedict did. You remember back in 2013, and here he lived almost a, a full decade more, uh, devoting himself to prayer. And, of course, to uh, his uh, music and to research and reading and writing, uh, which are things uh, he he always loved to do, and to receiving visitors there in the Vatican. Uh, So we commend him today to the Lord. I want to share some reflections about my own interactions with him and some of his own contributions to the church. But let's start by praying for him directly in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Lord God, you established the office of Pope. Uh, You said to Peter on this rock, that is the rock of his confession of faith that Jesus is the Son of God, upon this rock I will build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. Lord, we know that an enemy uh, attacks the gates. The gate does not run out onto the battlefield to attack the enemy. It is the enemy attacking the gates of the city. And so when the Lord said the gates of hell will not prevail, he meant that it is the church storming the gates, the church taking the offensive, the church on the move, gaining ground for the kingdom of Jesus Christ, which is the kingdom of life. And Lord, this is what Pope Benedict understood uh, to be the church, the people of God infused with the gifts of the spirit to make a difference in the world. So we thank you for the time of service that he uh, gave to the church as Pope from 2005 after the death of St. John Paul II, whom he served so well, until 2013 when he stepped down for the good of the church. Uh, And Lord, we thank you for that time of service, for the writings, uh, for the leadership, uh, for the example. Give him rest with your saints. Give him purification from any sins he may have committed. Uh, Give him the joy of seeing face-to-face the Savior whom he represented so well. We ask this through that same Savior, the only Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen.
Well, you know, friends, when I think of Pope Benedict, of course, I remember my own uh, interactions with him. I was able, and you'll see it on my uh, on my social media. Um, I did comb my hair, by the way. It's just sticking up over here. I, on my social media, you'll see a uh, uh, picture of me greeting him. Uh, that was at one of the several Vatican conferences, um, at w which I was privileged to be at with him. As you know, I worked for two years in the Vatican, that, but that was under John Paul II. Once Benedict became Pope, however, I did serve on the Pontifical Academy for Life, um, and that's distinct from the other office I served at under John Paul. That was the Pontifical Council for the Family, essentially a pro-life office. The Pontifical Academy for Life is more the research arm, as its name suggests, and various uh, clergy, uh, doctors, researchers, medical personnel, uh, sociologists, um, statisticians, people whose research uh, contribute to the church's understanding of pro-life issues. So I was a member of that academy for a full term of five years, and most of that was under Benedict. Some of it went into the papacy of, uh, of uh, Pope Francis. And the picture you, you see on my social media of me greeting him was on the occasion of um, uh, one of those, well, let me think now. Yeah, one of those uh, uh, academy um, conferences. And one of the things Pope Benedict spoke about at that conference was the healing ministry that we undertake uh, under the umbrella of Priests for Life, especially with our Rachel's Vineyard. Uh, uh, ministries, which uh, give healing retreats about a thousand a year in 72 countries for people that have lost children to abortion, moms and dads, grandparents, siblings, all family members, all experience loss uh, through abortion. And uh, and we had to, Dr. Teresa Burke there too, who founded Rachel's Vineyard and is one of our full-time pastoral associates uh, at Priests for Life. And so we had uh, this conference, and she gave a presentation, Teresa did, and we had um, the Pope greet us at the end uh, of the conference, and he gave a beautiful talk about how, first of all, of course, God's mercy is is uh, given by the church uh, to those who repent of their sins, even a sin as grievous as abortion. But he also made mention that the healing ministries of the church are not just the ones that come through the, uh, the the dioceses and the parishes, but rather, and this is something we need very much today, the ecclesiology of Benedict the Sixteenth. Ecclesiology being the theology of the church, the the, the 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 branch of theology that answers the question: What is the church? How is it structured, and how does it function? And, and Benedict gave us many, many great teachings about ecclesiology. And they were reflected in this talk at this particular conference when he spoke about the healing ministries. He said, look, he says, we need all the different movements that arise within the church. The Holy Spirit bestows on the people of God various gifts for the building up of the body of Christ. That's how we are to think of the church. One set of gifts are the hierarchical gifts. He himself lived one of them, being pope, and then bishops, dioceses, pastors. That's a set of gifts of the Spirit that constitute the structure of the church. But it's one set. There are other sets, too, in the form of charisms, movements. Priests for Life is one of those movements. The various religious orders 
are part of those movements. The pro-life movement itself is a movement uh, within the church. And so Benedict said, we have to look at those as gifts of the Spirit given to the church for the building up of the body of Christ. Paul refers to various gifts that are given, right? Teaching and preaching and administration and so forth, healing. And Benedict says, you know, there's naturally a tension at times between the hierarchical gifts and the charismatic gifts. I think you see some of that tension in what the Vatican recently did to me. But Benedict says we've got to work those things out because the ministries and the movements that the Spirit raises up in the church have to be welcomed lovingly by the hierarchy. That's what Benedict said. They have to be welcomed lovingly. They have to be discerned, and sometimes they have to be corrected or guided, but they have to be welcomed. They can't just be rejected offhand. I remember, God rest his soul, Cardinal Keeler, who was for a while the president of the uh, or chairman of the uh, Bishop's Pro-Life Committee, and one of my associates at Priests for Life uh, met with Cardinal Keeler informally one day at what some gathering in Washington, and said to him, and "This is not this is not a good response." He said to the Cardinal, "Oh, Your Eminence, there's this new group coming." Um, coming up that is doing, I forget what the work was, but some apostolate of the church. And the cardinal kind of put his head, his hand on his forehead. Oh, no, not another national movement. Well, sorry, but with all due respect, that's the wrong response. Uh, that's not the response of a pastor. That's not the response that Pope Benedict taught is necessary. We've, we should be enthusiastic, welcoming, loving, when the Holy Spirit raises up movements in the church, or at least we give it the, the benefit of the doubt, and then we can look into it further and say, is this really from the Holy Spirit or not? My goodness. We have a lot to be thankful for, for Pope Benedict. You know, and, 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 and of course, some people think, thinking of the church in just political terms, will say, well, you know, he represented the conservative wing, Francis is with the liberal wing. and what, You know, obviously there's truth to that, but let's take a step back. What's the primary title of the Pope? All well, aside from servant of the servants of God, vicar of Christ. Vicar is a referential term. It's pointing to someone else. Christ, obviously. Jesus said, my teaching is not my own. That's a pretty significant thing for the Son of God to say. He said, I'm not teaching on my own. I'm not teaching my own message. I teach you what I hear from the Father. And then when he promised the Holy Spirit, he said about the Spirit, he will not speak on his own. He will not speak of his, on his own. He will speak to you what he receives from me. So even within God, there is this responsibility to faithfully reflect the teaching of the other. The Pope is the vicar, vicar of Christ, referential. We know what he's supposed to teach already. We don't have to wait and see, is the Pope going to be conservative? Is the Pope going to be liberal? Is the Pope going to be this? Is the Pope going to be that? What's the Pope's opinion about this? What's the Pope's opinion about that? It doesn't matter what his opinion is. He's the vicar of Christ. What he's supposed to teach is what every bishop is supposed to teach, is what every priest is supposed to teach, is what every catechist is supposed to teach, is what every parent is supposed to be teached, uh, supposed to teach, rather, to their children, that is what the church has always taught. 
Those are the key six words to keep in mind. If somebody in the clergy says to you something that's confusing, even if it's the Pope himself, your point of reference, friends, is what the church has always taught, because that's what's been handed on to us from Christ and the apostles. And that's what all of us who are ordained are responsible to teach, not our own ideas and our own opinions. Benedict taught this very, very well. And some say, oh, well, you know, but he, you know, he has the reputation of being, you know, mean and strict. Nah, just the opposite. He was one of the kindest, gentlest people you would want to meet. I met him a number of times. And um, the first was on the streets of Rome when I was just there as a seminarian, uh, not to study there, but visiting. And I saw him and he was about to turn into a private entrance of the Vatican. So I said, well, here's my chance. And I started running and I yelled out, Cardinal Ratzinger. And he stopped and he took the time to talk to me, a young seminarian from New York. But the, um, the thing I want to point out is that his encyclicals, there were three. You know what his first encyclical was called? You know, for and it's especially important to remind people who think of some some kind of strict, you know, just uh, uh, you know orthodoxy and it doesn't care about people. No, nothing could be further from the truth. His first encyclical was called "God is Love." God is Love. His second one was "Saved by Hope." Talked about the virtue, the Christian virtue of hope. And then the third was, again, love, the caritas, caritas in veritate, love in truth. Because remember, Benedict was a great defender of truth. He came against the, the uh, relativism, the tyranny of, 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 of relativism. And he said, no, truth is part of love and love is part of truth. They serve each other. They inhere in each other. Why? Because they are both aspects of the one God. So pray for Pope Benedict and, and delve into his teachings more. You'll... You'll really appreciate them the more you 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 uh, and all of us dig into what he has left the church. So besides that, we have now the last day of the year, and I always love New Year's Eve. You know, it's a it's a year that it's a day that uh, makes you reflect on life, reflect on the value of time, and the value of time and the value of life are are very closely knit together, aren't they? Because life is given to us in units of hours and days and months and years. So the beginning of a new year, you know, I've always been impressed by how, and by the way, this was a special day always for my dad, who recently passed away, as you know, thank you for your condolences. Uh, always a special day for him because he was a, he was a trombone player and he would, play at different events, whether it's weddings, anniversary parties, and uh, New Year's Eve parties. And he would always be somewhere playing with the band on New Year's Eve, playing all anxiety at midnight, helping people to welcome the New Year with joy. And if you see the celebrations in Sydney, Australia, you know, right now, as we're speaking, the world is partially in 2022 and partially in 2023 because of the, the, the different time zones. So early this earlier this morning at 8 a.m., Eastern time, I saw the, the the fireworks from Sydney, Australia, and the singing of Auld Lang Syne. But whether you're in Sydney, Australia, or New York City in Times Square, when midnight comes, what happens? There's a tremendous cheering that arises, like a, like a great victory has been won. What is that about? It's about the gift of life. God 
giving us another year of life. God having let us live through another year of life. A great victory has been won. And a great hope is being expressed for the time yet to come. And a great gratitude is being expressed for the time that has been given. New Year's Eve reminds us that a great exchange is taking place each day. God gives us the gift of time. And then the energy, the talents. Remember the parables of the talents. He gives the talents and he goes away on a trip. He comes back. And he expects to see not just the talent that he gave, but five more, ten more. He expects us to bear fruit with the talents. And that takes time. Time is part of the gift that enables us then to return to God faithful service in exchange for the time that he gives us and the talents. So this is the exchange of those gifts. It lays now tonight in our hands a brand new slate on which to write the story of our service to him. And yes, so it is a great victory. It's a great triumph. Let's have that joy. Let's have that hope. And let's make a New Year's resolution too. New Year's resolutions are, are good things to do. And you might think, oh, yeah, I can never keep my New Year's resolution. Well, that's not a reason for not making it. Make a realistic one. But make one that's challenging enough and that will change you a little bit and improve your life and then stick to it. And if you fall, if you fail, get back up again. One scripture I want to share with you, then we'll conclude. And I think this is pertinent for New Year's Eve. Matthew 25, starting with verse 1. Then the kingdom of heaven shall be compared to ten maidens who took their lamps and went to meet the bridegroom. Five of them were foolish and five were wise. For when the foolish took their lamps, they took no oil with them. But the wise took flasks of oil with their lamps. As the bridegroom was delayed, they all slumbered and slept. But at midnight there was a cry. Behold the bridegroom, come out to meet him. Then all those maidens rose and trimmed their lamps. And the foolish said to the wise, give us some of your oil because our lamps are going out. But the wise replied, perhaps there will not be enough for us and for you. Go rather to the dealers and buy yourself some. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came. And those who were ready went in with him to the marriage feast, and the door was shut. Afterward, the other maidens came also, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he replied, Truly I say to you, I do not know you. Watch, therefore, for you know neither the day nor the hour. So that's the Gospel of Matthew 25, verses 1 to 13. You know, this parable is rich in meaning, especially as we end one year and begin another, because it tells us time goes by. It tells us time leads us to an end point. It leads us to a deadline. It leads us to the moment when opportunities that we had cease and doors shut. It tells us to use our time wisely. Those wise virgins used their time wisely. They thought ahead. They let their minds go ahead of the clock. And that's a key for a successful life and for growing a holiness. Your mind has to go beyond the clock. And it has to look ahead and say, well, what do I need to do in order to be ready for those deadlines, in order to be ready for those doors that are going to close 
at a certain hour in time. I've got to prepare. The message is vigilance. Time passes. We've got to be watchful. We've got to see the opportunity, see the opportunity for growing in love, in faith, in service, for defending life. See the opportunities that the pro-life movement will give you in this new year. And I hope you'll partner with us in our work. But take the opportunity to grow, to serve, to love, because we have seasons in our lives. Doors shut. Opportunities end. Loved ones are with us for a limited amount of time. Use the time and use it well. I remember as a college seminarian, we went to visit a, an old group of nuns. I forget where they were, but one of them was obviously very seasoned in the religious life. And she was sitting there looking at these young seminarians. And I always remember what she said. This was back in the 70s. If you want to be a saint, she said, which is what we all must long for. She said, do quick, do quick. That's the message of Matthew 25. That's the message of New Year's Eve. Do quick. The year ends. The door closes. The opportunity passes. The wedding banquet begins. Our life ends. Our eternal life blossoms. Do quick. Be holy. Take the opportunity now. Don't put off to tomorrow what can be done today. Let's pray. Lord, we ask you that both the words of this scripture... In the passing of Pope Benedict, in the conclusion of another year, will waken us today. Lord, if there's any opportunity of grace that we are missing, if there's any chance to serve that we are not implementing, if there's any open door that we're not going through, if there are any lamps that need oil and we haven't bought it yet, Lord, help us to act quickly. Help us to respond that we may indeed enter the wedding feast with great and tremendous joy, a joy that will last forever. We pray through Christ our Lord. Amen. I thank you for your comments, for your best wishes for the new year. And um, uh, college success is saying years ago, a holy passionist friend and priest, Father Damien, counseled me as then a young man. Whatever happens in your life, from the letter to the Hebrews, keep your eyes on Jesus. That's the advice in a nutshell, isn't it? That's the path to holiness. It really is. Uh, Kathy, thank you for your prayer. May the new year bring you peace and reinstatement. Yeah, that would be nice, wouldn't it? Uh, this was a big mistake that they made uh, in regard to me, a very big mistake. And, you, and you'll all see that. Uh, you'll all see that uh, unfold. And um, and uh, if you haven't read the history, again, I encourage you, frfrankpavone.com gives the whole history of what they've been doing to me. It's been just abusive. Uh, Annie, thank you. Father Frank has renewed me after a hard year. Well, this year is ending, and uh, 
we will we will continue to stay together and continue to encourage one another. Joyce, thank you for your words. A mantle placed on you by God can't be removed by man. Continued blessings in 2023. And you know, Joyce, you know, I've been reflecting about that. I think I said something yesterday about the fact that people who, as Joseph uh, Silos is saying, father, I'm going to keep calling your father. You know, it's not because we don't respect uh, the authority in the church. It's because a piece of paper, no matter who signs it, can't take away the relationship that, that we have with one another. I mean, you, some of you I've met, some of you I haven't met, but we might as well have met because we have this relationship online and, and it's very real. And, and the things I say hopefully encourage you and, 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 and give you uh, uh, helpful ideas. And, and it, this is real. This is, this is not pretend and it's not just bureaucratic and it's not just a piece of paper. They can write me all the letters they want. They can issue all the decrees they want. It doesn't take away the relationship. Uh, that that we have and that I have with so many others that I serve it doesn't take away the fact that we're saving lives and we're healing hearts from abortion. It doesn't take away any of that. No man can take away any of that. So God bless you all for the new year, and uh, we'll talk to you again tomorrow. God bless, and uh, let's pray again for may God give eternal rest to Pope Benedict and also to my dad, and to all who have died, uh, and uh, may they see the face of the Savior who has been born for us at Christmas. God bless you all. Talk to you soon. This has been the End Abortion Podcast. To learn more, to help end abortion, and to connect with us on social media, visit endabortion.net.